This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Looking forward to being reunited with my partner. We'll talk about the Yankee fans serenading Altuve and what is going on with the Mets. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardest to ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY, 98.7-FM, along with Jake the Snake and Brian Munguia. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, is that you? Larry, it has been a very long time. I mean, it feels like we get together just about every night. So when there's a stretch where we don't talk to each other for a while, it really feels like a long time. It's good to talk to you, pal. It's, it's like, my friend, it's like I haven't talked to you like in years. I does feel that way, right? Last time we were talking, we were talking about the NFL draft. That feels like it's been over for a week and a half by now. <laughs> I know. Now, he and I were texting all during the draft. <laughs> we're having a good old time texting yeah. about stuff during the draft. But no, it's good to talk to you, my friend. So... Gordon, 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 Gordon. (laughs) Here's my question for you, Gordon, and maybe you can answer this question for me. I hope you can. Okay. Okay. Who the hell is Donnie Stevenson? Yeah, I'm not not really sure. (laughs) I mean, that's that little inside joke that the Mets had going on, and um, I I don't know what, what role it played. But it certainly didn't seem like it boded well for the uh, two hitting coaches that the Mets previously had. And, uh, of course, we get some changes there already, 23 or 24 games into the season. So I I don't really uh, understand the inside joke, I guess, because it's an inside joke. But uh, I'm sure maybe it was just something to keep the guys loose and having fun while they're going through some struggles as a collective type of thing. But, uh, yeah, very, very strange. But, look, whatever gets you motivated, right? We always say – Whatever can get a team motivated to play well. Problem is, it really hasn't <laughs> really hasn't connected for the Mets to really play all that well on the offensive side so far. I'm not very happy about this, Gordon. I'm just going to tell you, and and I'm not sure whether this is, you know, another sabermetric type deal, where you know, because Chili Davis, you know, he, I covered him when he was with the Yankees. All mm-hmm. right, great hitter, guy who who understood. Gordon, everything that Yankee fans complain about, that's what he was about. Making contact, not striking out a lot, hitting to the opposite, working counts, hitting to the opposite. Wherever the ball was pitched, he hit it, hit to the opposite field, whatever. If he got a home run, great. If he didn't, he he, he was the guy that kept the the train moving, right? The runners on base, keep it going. And that's what this Met team has not been able to do. So then it's like, oh, you know, Dottie Stevenson helping out, you know, he, he's an approach coach. He's ha, 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 ha. And now Chili Davis is fired. And now there's this parade of, of players who are like, I'm not happy Chili Davis is fired. I don't know why Chili Davis got fired. Maybe I'll take a little bit of reason because Chili Davis got fired. Oh, stop it. Stop it. You're the reason why he's not working. You didn't hit. Come on, Gordon. This is a results business. Absolutely. And I, I don't know what impact firing the hitting coach will have it, it does kind of seem like a move that George would have pulled back in the day right Yankees aren't hitting fire the hitting coach or firing the pitching coach or firing the manager or firing the GM uh, it does seem a little strange I, I guess the one thing well look clearly if you're getting rid of Chili Davis it seems that they want a much more uh, analytic approach on offense they want guy mm-hmm. they want to focus on launch angle they want to focus on 
um, exit velo and barrels and all those type of things. And Chili Davis's approach was much more tailored to the individual hitter. Um, the only problem I would have with that is that why would if you want to be a more analytical team, that's fine, especially with your new owner being an analytics guy. Why would you do it 23 games into the season? I mean, at some point, the team was going to slump anyway. Why wouldn't you do this in the offseason? You knew the owner was coming in. Why yep. wouldn't you have made this change back then? Exactly. Exactly. So now he's a scapegoat for the fact Absolutely. that the team is not hitting. And that's the bottom line. So he loses his job. And look, okay, I get it. Once again, like I said, it's a results business. They're not hitting. He's the reason, allegedly, why they're not hitting. Uh, and and listen, Lindor did not help him at all. <laughs> I mean, no. I can tell you that. He didn't help him whatsoever. He's got the second, going into today, Gordon had the second lowest batting average in the league. Well, I'll say this. If Chili Davis in 23 games somehow took Francisco, if he's somehow responsible for taking Francisco Lindor, <laughs> being one of the top 10 players in baseball, to being the guy that he has been so far uh, for the Mets. Wow. I mean, Chili Davis must be the worst hitting coach of all time to make that much of an impact in just 23 or 24 games. That's incredible. It is incredible, and and it's ridiculous. And then, Gordon, if that's not enough, if that's not enough, Jacob DeGrom gets scratched that. Now, as it turns out, they get rained out, so they got doubleheaded tomorrow. But he gets scratched with right lat information. Oh, great. Well, so so now does he need his right arm? Is that is that an important arm for him? Uh, yeah, it, it's a back <laughs> muscle that connects the upper arm to the spine and the hip, Gordon. Yeah, so he's well, not going to throw for a few days, but yeah. you know, so inflammation there. So I mean, like, yeah, great. Not that they were going to score for him anyway. Well, here's the thing. This is what I'm thinking. Maybe he's just like the ultimate team guy, knowing that they don't score when he pitches anyway. So this way, he'll let somebody else get the offense going, right? Some, mm-hmm. When everybody else is on the mound, at least they have a fighting chance of scoring some runs. We know they're not going to score any runs while Jacob deGrom is on the mound, so Jacob deGrom's not going to go on the mound for probably a week, I would think, right? Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. so Let's hope you know, it's only that. I, yes, we I mean, do wouldn't hope that, that be way. Wouldn't that be the Mets' luck that, 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 that while deGrom is healthy and rolling and pitcher of the month and the, you know greatest pitcher of, of uh, this generation and – they don't score for him, and then he goes down, and then all of a sudden the bats wake up. Yeah, of course that 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 would be his luck. That would be, and that would be being a Met. But I'm just, you know, this whole, and see, here's the other thing for me, Gordon. We'll talk about the Yankees in a second. Here's the other thing for me. This is the acting GM making this move. This is the acting GM. So you know what? This is a gutsy move for him, Gordon. This better work, you know, because well, otherwise, because th- otherwise he, he he'll be the ex acting GM. <laughs> I would think that this has to be throughout the organization, right? I I would just say that if you want a more analytical approach, you know, I I can understand that. That seems to be the way that baseball is headed, especially now with um, the the, the baseball being dejuiced or whatever you want to say. But why would you do it when there, it's 23 games or 24 games into the season? This was the kind of move that you should – this is an approach, right? Like this, mm-hmm. is, this is not a switch that you flip and you say, okay, we're bringing in an analytics, guys. Tomorrow, guys. is go-. No, this is an approach you want to you – it's almost like tuning a piano. You don't just tune a piano one day. You tune a piano over a series of times so that it is finally fine-tuned. So uh, I don't understand why you would make this change at this point of the season, especially when – it's, the season's not that old, and what you're changing to is a change of approach altogether. It's not something you can just flip a switch on. 
Should have been done during the offseason. Of course. Should have been done in spring training. Yeah, right. We go down to spring training. We, we get the, Here's the philosophy. Here's what we're doing, guys. Chili, we love you. Thanks. Here we go. Listen, we're going in a different direction. We appreciate your service. Okay? And this is what we're doing now, guys. This is how we want you to change your approach. That That's very simple. Done. Yeah. If, if something is popping up in the first month, you know, not injuries, not something that you couldn't have, uh, have foreseen, but if something's coming up in the first month of a baseball season and you have to change it at that point, you screwed up. Yeah. I mean, there's no other yeah. way to put it, no especially with something like a coach. Exactly. Exactly. Can I just mention, I've noticed, Gordon, mm-hmm. that the more, now that you have advanced as a keyboard maestro, you use more keyboard analogies. Is that right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm certainly not a keyboard maestro. I can tell you that for oh, sure. No, I've heard you play. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not good, Larry. You know, but it's better it's than funny. it's better than I've that. I've been trying to learn the piano during the quarantine, and then I saw something today from somebody, and they said, "Well, you know what? If you don't learn a, an instrument when you're a kid, you'll never get really good at it." I'm like, "Wait a sec! You're telling me this now? I could have known this 14 months ago." But you're yeah, better. But, but you're better than you were. I, I, yes, yes, but there I'm not go. good. There yeah, you go. Good. There you go. But you're on your way. Yeah. So, Gordon, I was so excited to hear how the Yankee fans were going to welcome in the Houston Steel Strokes. Yes. And uh, Altuve was serenaded uh, quite lovely. And throughout yes. the game, I noticed. <laughs> well, look, I mean, you know, the real evil empire is in town tonight. Yeah, I mean, how about the, that? The, the Houston Astros are clear. I mean, they got off scot-free from Major League Baseball. They never had to face any punishment in terms of the players themselves. Uh, even the, 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 the GM, I guess the GM did because he's still not back in baseball, but the, the manager, as soon as his suspension was up, got a brand-new job and a brand-new team. So – you know, the Yankees have put up some nice numbers tonight. Stanton has been red hot. He has. And, and, a, and a win tonight gets the Yankees over 500 for the first time since they were 3-2. and two. Wow. But the best numbers of all are Altuve 0 for 4, mm-hmm. Correa 0 for 3, mm-hmm. Bregman a big E that opened up the floodgates a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's, all, it's all good in the Bronx tonight. Now, how, what, what was in danger of being broken? in the Damer studio in the first <laughs> inning when Frazier hits into the double play? Well, look, I, I, the, the win streak uh, and the sweep of the Tigers has taken a little bit of the okay. – it, it's taken a little bit of the steam out of the engine. Not that okay. I, I'm satisfied by any stretch, but when, you know, when you're 5-10 and 10 and you have to hear all the time, this thing's wrong and that thing's wrong and they can't do this and they can't do that, uh, it gets a little frustrating, especially when the at-bats have been as bad as they were earlier on in the season. But now that they've won a few games and the offense, you know, Stanton has been fantastic. Uh, Judge has been able to stay on his feet the entire time. He hasn't needed a little rest in the, in the armchair. Uh, you know, some other guy. Oh, don't, don't, I mean, he played, <laughs> uh, played a lot tonight. He's, these, these innings add up, Larry. These, know, you know, they come do. on, they don't, they don't grow on trees. Um, but the fact that the offense has looked a little bit better, it's taken a little bit of the steam out. But no, no question. I mean, if the Yankees, when, when it was, what was it, 3-1, and it mm-hmm. became 3-3, the, the steam got started getting put back in the engine, right? I mean, that, that's, <laughs> you can't, you've been waiting a long time. For the fans have been waiting a long time to be in the building for this game. So this is what you wanted uh, to see from uh, the Yankees tonight, to put a little finishing touch on the Astros. And what's this, Odor? 
is getting an MRI, left with a knee injury? Yeah, well, they had a play at the – Odor walked, and then um, it was – LeMahieu had a grounder to third with the bases loaded. Uh, and Bregman probably should have ate it, tried to – it was a tie game at the time, tried to get the out at first, threw it away. So then it starts the merry-go-round, and Odor coming into the plate, kind of he, he kind of had to step over the bat, mm. around the catcher, kind of hyperextended his knee – hit the catcher accidentally, like on the side of the head. So it was, a, it was kind of a, a rare, nowadays, a, a rare con- a collision at the plate. The, 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 the catcher, I think, was okay in terms of the rule, but it, it was just a collision at the plate. And it looked at first like Odor was going to be out a significant amount. Like when they show you that replay in slow motion, you see the hyperextension, you, and, and you've had all the experience of all the other injuries that looked that way and guys have missed time. But at first, couldn't put any weight on it at all. But then by the time he got to the dugout, he was kind of, I mean, he was limping. So it's possible he, it, it is going to be an IL stint. But it, it looked far more promising that it was not the devastating injury that it looked like initially. Yeah, because I was going, I'm bouncing around, as sure. you know. And then I come back and I'm like, oh, what happened to him? Because, Gordon, I got to tell you this. We'll talk about it later in the show. I may have to rethink what I thought about the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. Really? I, 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 may, have to, I may have to rethink it. I may have to, even though... I understand that there's no James Harden, okay, and they're barely beating the Nets. But it's how they're doing it, Gordon, that's making me look at this like it, like when they play. I still think the Nets will win. But it might be a bit more of a struggle for them than I thought previously. So it's going to be interesting. Plus, Gordon, oh, the Knicks. Oh, Gordon, the Knicks are just Tough oh. road trip, Larry. What tough road trip? Oh. I thought the Knicks had this tough road trip out oh. west. Oh, it's just like, oh, it's just, it's watching them. It's just, it's, it's, I'm really enjoying it, Gordon. It's a joy. It is a joy to watch them play like this. And and I think part of it is, well, look, they're playing excellent, but part of it as well is where you've come from, right? The, Mm -hmm. the, the, the night and day difference from what you're used, what you're used to with this team. And what you're seeing is it's not a fluke. No. I mean, they've, they've developed into a good, you know, when you win nine in a row, you can't have nine fluky wins. <laughs> nope. Can't. And then when you lose a game, okay, you think, you know, when they were going through the nine games, there was part of me that was like, ah, you know what, it's going to end at some point, and they'll get back to where they were. They've now followed up the nine wins with a loss and then three more wins. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's a legitimate team at this point. And you know what? It might not just be that they end up as the fourth best team in the East. They might be the fourth best team in the East. Mm-hmm. You're right. And it, it's the, the best part about it is you've watched them grow and you've kind of grown with them and you're mm-hmm. seeing that now they, they know how to finish off teams at the end of games. They know what to do. They understand where to go and the adjustment, which obviously was probably his plan all along, but the adjustment of now seeing more of Rose in the fourth quarter with – Julius Randle to help give you a little balance. And then you, you know, put other wing players, three-point scorers, Burks is back, and Bullock, now you have these. And, Gordon, that's the biggest thing for me is this this three-point shooting. Like, what did they – like, did, did somebody mix up I, a magic potion or something? I, <laughs> this, is not, this is not supposed to be a team that shoots, like, almost 50% from three. They shot 52% last night. I know. 52% from three. It's crazy. And it's not an isolated thing anymore. I mean, it's happening on a regular basis. It is. It is. So I tell you, I am. I wish we were working tomorrow night, but I will be front and center Mm -hmm. watching 
Clyde and Mike Breen and all the guys at MSG and, you know, Bill Pito and Wally and Allen, watching them to see. I want revenge on Phoenix. I want that game now, Gordon. I don't, I don't want to give that game up. I want that game. Now, well, if they don't get it, I'll be okay. But I want that game. Well, I, I they, went they into this road trip saying to myself, if you can get two of the of the six, right? If you come back two and four, I have a very high level of confidence you'll remain above seven, right? Like mm-hmm. you'll be one of the top six. Yes. Every if they get another win here, I think the obviously the odds just increase that they come back and they are still at four. And if they yeah. come back and they're still at four at that point, I think they're going to end up as four. I agree. I agree. It's exciting. Oh, it's great. Hardesty and Damon till midnight on 98.7 ESPN. Going before we get to the phones, I'm ahead of myself. The Knicks play Denver tomorrow night. Phoenix is Friday night. But my mind is focused on Phoenix because they ended the win streak. Sure. So that's and, why my mind is focused on them. Denver's going to be – that's going to be a really good game. I'm really tough, excited. I mean, these next four are, is, are is probably as tough as you could have. I mean, yes. you know, these are not easy games to win. But, you know, with the Knicks, I would be surprised if all four of them don't come down to the fourth quarter. I agree. I expect that they would. I expect – and you know what, Gordon? Against teams that are, quote, better, unquote, than you, I would. That, that's all I ask. That's all you can ask, right? That's all I ask. That's all I ask is that we're, we're in the games. We're in the games. 1-800-919-3776. Off to the phones we go with Spike in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, you're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Well, pleasure to talk to my friends. You, Larry, and Gordon, and myself, and so many other Knicks fans are all doing the same thing. Now, tomorrow night, the uh, Hawks, who have only home games left, get Phoenix. We're all going, if they win, and they win what we've neglected. And Larry and I conversed today, Gordon. uh, Thank you for the compliment, Larry, about my analysis. Um, The Knicks have two stars. They have two stars now. Now, one star is good for 25 minutes a night, so you play him at the right time. Derek Rose and all the guys I talk hoops to all day long has reverted back to what he was 10 years ago. I don't know how he did it. But he's done it. He can get to the basket anytime he wants. You want him on the floor at the end of the game, you got to ration out his minutes. If I would have told you any of these three scenarios, you guys know I'm nuts. You just would have corroborated it. Nerlens Knowles, we hear, is out yesterday, and we go, oh, poop. Would I tell you, Taj, who came off 34 minutes the night before, played 30-something and blocked five shots? Come on. Mm. There's something magic going on here. There really is. What are we going to do when Jokic goes out to the top of the key? Are we going to let him take the three or not let him take the three? The answer is only one guy knows, and that's Tibbs. It's amazing what has happened. I I think they can beat anybody. Listen, I never doubted the defensive integrity, especially when Woody was there with Tibbs. I don't know where they made three-point shots like this. The transformation Julius Randle's made in one year from 28% to 42%, never saw it in my life. But then again, Tim Hardaway made 10 threes tonight. And Mr. Porzingis, who never plays anymore when they win, it's crazy, guys. But, man, you got to ride this horse right to the finish line. I said 38 and 39. They might wind up with 40. Uh, Michael Kay said to me today, he thinks they'll win one more minimum. And I'm thinking – 
I think they're going any game. I really do, because these kids are going to rest. Who knows if LeBron's going to play? Who knows if uh, 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 Lenny's going to play? But this is the most enjoyable since, I want to say, the mid-'90s, even more than 12-13. What do you guys have to say? Well, it's enjoyable for me, uh, Spike. Uh, yeah, it's more enjoyable. And I'll tell you, it's closer to the mid-'90s. Close, more enjoyable than 2013 because they were kind of expected to yes, do something. Exactly, you know, Gordon. So, so to have what we've got here, this is this is this is nice because nobody expected this. This is this is when it's fun when when you just you know, Gordon. I go back to I have people tell me, boy, you sure have a low <laughs> a low threshold for success. I'm like, yeah, I've, 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 I'm, I'm yes. rooting for a team that had that had single digit wins, like like digit wins that began with the number one twice. In, 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 in like five years. So, yeah, yeah they, if I could just get to the playing game, Gordon, I would have I been ecstatic. They had, they had 37 <laughs> wins right now. They have 38 wins the last two years combined. Yeah, you're right. It is a low bar, right? But they would that bar it's by a It's a shorter lot. schedule. It's a shorter schedule. It's 10 games less. Gordon, you always say this, and you've been correct up until now. We set the bar too low. We did. Yeah. Listen, if I would have told you, as great as Julius Randle has been, that they wind up getting Derrick Rose, and he's playing like a star. He's playing like a star. He's getting to the basket any way he wants against kids 10 years younger than him. Yep. I can't believe he's – listen, he first of all is playing with a joy. That's, it's incredible to watch. So I think if we win – I said this to Larry, and I'll get off and let others score, Gordon. You'll get a kick out of us. I said to Larry, if they win one out of four, fine. If they win two, I'll be surprised. If they win three, send a search party out for me. And if they win all four, contact my wife. She has the key to the straitjacket. Forget it, yeah. Because no, I mean, Nick fans, I mean, I think that the fever pitch for Nick fans has already been kind of reached for where they have been. Uh, if they ever won a couple more games on this road trip, you won't be able to contain them. <laughs> you really no, won't. And no, nor should you, boys. No, Have a great show. Enjoy the games, and we'll stay in touch. All right, Spike. Thanks again. No, you, you're right, Gordon. It would just be – it would be just bedlam. <laughs> it would I be mean, great. I, again, like, at some point, like, when we're looking at the Eastern Conference, like, you're trying to concoct a way for the Knicks to end up as the number four seed it might be that they are the fourth best team in the East. Yeah. Now, I mean, look, there's still work to do. It is a tough road trip. They're going to lose, I would think, at least a couple more, you know, sure. lose a couple of games on this road trip. So let's see where things stand. But where you're standing right now, I don't know if any of the teams that they're competing against are going to go on some real uh, extended win streak. Like the Wizards have been hot. Um, mm-hmm. They've played really, really well. But they're too far down to matter to the Knicks. Right. I mean, at this point, you know, the Knicks have a, a three-game lead on the Celtics, for, for and, and the Celtics are in seventh. You know, yeah. the Celtics got to do a whole lot to make up those three games because the teams that, I mean, outside of the Knicks' win streak, these are not teams that are going to go and win six in a row generally. No, you're right. You're right. And as, I, a matter and fact, I, mm-hmm. as we said, we don't think the Knicks are going to lose six in a row either. So no. there no. you go. No. You know, we were talking about the three-point shooting Tom Thibodeau was on with our Stephen A. Smith, you know, Stephen A. with his NBA stuff on, on mm-hmm. uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And uh, here's what uh, Tibbs said about how the team is shooting the three lately. I'm telling you, the veterans have been fantastic, and it starts with Julius. Uh, the amount of time that he puts in to shooting each and every day. We do a lot of shooting in practice. These guys come early. They stay late. 
and they come back at night. And so your confidence is going to come from your preparation. If you're willing to put the work in, I think grooving your shot, but also I think the, the, the most important part is taking the right threes. We don't want to take random wild threes where mm-hmm. it hurts us in defensive transition. We want to take the right ones where there's penetration, force the defense to collapse, spray the ball out, make your rim read at the rim, and then make the extra pass. And if we do that, we know when the ball is going to be shot. We're going to have a good chance at a second shot. And it also will allow us to get our, get our defense set and get back. And so I think all of that factors into that. But you need a team that's willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. and play for each other and be disciplined. And our players have done that. They've done that all year. I tell you, Gordon, uh, that whole thing with Julius Randle and you know, to the late Kobe Bryant, as a Nick fan, thank you. Thank you for instilling in him when you go to a visiting, uh, visiting city, go find a gym and go shoot and take that, that work ethic and spread that around, and he spread that around to the rest of the team, Gordon, and, and the work is in the, the work. You, you watch the hard work pay off. Well, what do you want for your best player? To be your hardest working player too, right? I mean, we always talk about stuff like that. The coach always wants his best player to be his most uh, his most uh, hardworking player. So, And that has been what – I mean, look at the turnaround of Julius Randle. Look where he was shooting threes in his career to where he is this year. It's, it's the hard work clearly paying off, and – it's, it's paying off not just for Randall, but for the rest of the team as well. It is. It really is. Back to the phones we go. Terrence is in Atlanta. Hey, T, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, guys. How are you? Terrence. Yes. Hello? Yeah, yeah go we're ahead. good, man. Can we're you good. hear me? Yeah, yep. gotcha. Yeah. I called you guys last week, and I told you 4-2 on the road trip. I'm gonna up that one. I'm gonna go five one. That's the one I would really, really expect. Even though I know that the next three are really tough, I still see the Knicks. They're not backing down from anybody. They are just playing absolutely great basketball. Thanks, guys. All right, Terrence. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, listen, uh, Gordon. The mixture of defense. And now they go through stretches where they actually turn their defense up a notch that you're seeing them that's leading the turnovers. And the other thing that I, that I really like is he went through a couple of games where he was struggling a little bit, but Emmanuel quickly has gotten back on his game a little bit more, Gordon, and that's really that's really helped that's the, the bench scoring that's, you know, that's allowed now where Derrick Rose can take some more minutes off in the normal rotation when he comes in early in the game, and now he can play more in that fourth quarter when you need him. Yeah, I mean, for how long do we say about – it was Randall, it was uh, Quickly, and it was R.J. Barrett. And, and, and could there be another guy that stepped up and there would be a guy that steps up one night, maybe not the next? Now with Derrick Rose, I mean, he, he might be – I mean, it might be Barrett 2 and, and Rose 3, but it might be Rose 2 at this point mm-hmm. because he's played – I mean, when they made that trade, I think we both felt like, yeah, this was a, that was a good move to make because you weren't giving up a whole lot and at least had the potential to pay off for you because you needed more scoring. I don't think anybody, even the most optimistic Nick fan, could have thought it was going to pay off like it has. No, there's no no doubt about it. it it's been just tremendous. John John's in Harlem. He's next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, good evening, guys. How y'all doing, man? How are you? Doing good. Oh, great, great. I'm a long-time listener. I've called a few times throughout this uh, season. 
I want to do one thing real quick. I want to give a shout-out. It would be good if y'all could, if it's possible, to my sister, Sergeant Ramona Gamble. She is a diehard, just like me, some 70s Knicks fan. So, 54th birthday on 5-4. If you can, shout-out. I want to also shout-out our beloved Knicks. We are real. They give me that look like the young bulls. You know, so I ain't saying nobody Michael. I ain't saying nobody Scotty. But I'm talking about being young and athletic. You know what I'm saying? And play that defense, top-notch defense. What you think, Larry? Talk to me. All right, John, John, thanks for the phone call. You just shouted out your sister, but Gordon and I will say, sorry, happy birthday as well. Um, listen, there's no question about I don't know about young bulls yet. <laughs> I'm not ready to go that far yet, John. John, right. I'm, see I'm what I'm saying? Like, if they step. win four more games on this road trip, Larry, <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We're yeah. going to talk about the Lakers. We're going to talk right. about the Celtics. Oh, please! I mean, forget about it. That's right. That's right. So I'm not ready to go there yet, John. John, but what I will say to you is, it is a pleasure as a Nick fan to finally watch a team that doesn't have a that doesn't have a a overpriced. 34, 35-year-old starting player that's, that you just traded for, Gordon, that you just signed and you gave up draft choices for, and you've got young players and team builders and role players around who understand their role and perform. It's great to watch. Yeah, it's so nice as well. I mean, watching the games is a joy, but it's nice even when the games aren't on to have confidence in the people running the show, to have confidence in the players on the team, that it's not like – you don't have to concoct some delusion in your mind about, well, this has to happen and that has to happen and then we can be good. Or maybe if we win the lottery, it's just good, right? It's just solid, good basketball. It's a team that's improving each game. They play defense night in and night out. They, they take games right down to the wire. It's not like you have to work in your free time to figure out a way where the Knicks can be good. They're actually good. It's a pleasure. That's yeah. all I got to say. It's a pleasure. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Gordon, may, be, may the fourth be with you. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> Heard that a couple of times today, yes. Larry. And, of course, this is Brian's playing this for the evil empire of the Houston Astros who came to right. town today. Yes. Well, look, uh, the uh, May the 4th uh, not be with Houston, and uh, luckily the Yankees basically got four runs on that one error in that inning. So that was uh, <laughs> that's just what we needed. Just what Absolutely. we needed. Absolutely. So, Gordon, are you feeling a little better about the Yankees right now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, there's still some things. I don't think that they're right yet, and mm -hmm. th this streak is not one where, like I, I brought up before, in the previous two years, 18 and 19, the Yankees kind of kicked it around a little bit early in the season, and then they would go on a, a prolonged win streak, and you'd feel like, okay, real team has kind of showed up at this point. I don't know if I feel that way yet because – there are still too many guys who you rely on who still are not, you know, still not right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I feel like the doom and gloom of a catastrophe kind of season or catastrophic kind of season, I do feel like things are starting to come into place. The, the starting staff has looked a whole lot better. Um, now, that might just be the one series against the Tigers. But overall, I think the pitching has, has started to move in the right direction. They're scoring more runs, even though the entire lineup is not the, the whole lineup as you hope it eventually gets to. 
and the bullpen's been good, and the defense has not been nearly the issue that it had been early on the season. So it's better. Uh, I still think they got a ways to go. I'd like to get Judge and, and Glaber really going, Frazier really going, maybe Aaron Hicks going, but it, it's certainly a lot better than it was. How important is this series for you? Uh, for them to do well in the series, for them, for them, I mean, they're nine and three in their last twelve. But for them to do well, because people, well, it's Baltimore, it's Detroit. But for for the Astros, who listen, what did they, what are they, best in the league and run differential? So they're still a very talented team, which is why you shake your head and why they had to cheat. Uh, what what does this series do for you as a Yankee fan? You know, to me, I want to win against the Astros anytime, but I just think it's important that the Yankees start to string some of these wins together, right? I mean, like they they have to. It's good that they're over 500 for the first time since I think it was April 5th or something like that. But now they got to kind of stay there. I don't want to. I don't want to slide back. I don't want to fall down below it again and kind of just kick it around here for a while. The division, I think, is you know you're not thinking about the division in May, but it's time to start, you know, showing your dominance and showing who you are. It's great that Stanton has has really woken up. Um, that's good. I think you've seen some signs from LeMahieu of, of getting going here maybe a little bit. And um, if the offense gets going and the pitching just kind of stays the same, the Yankees are going to be the team that we thought they were. I just don't know if the offense is going to get going here real soon because there's still a lot of automatic outs in that lineup. Yeah. The, still a lot of struggles. Still a lot of mm-hmm. struggles. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, what's going on, my people? How you doing, man? Buddha. Hey, listen, I had a quick point on um, the boxing this weekend and then also on the Knicks, but um, I just got to be honest. Uh, I was listening to you guys talking about the Yankees and everything like that. Um, I haven't said anything. I haven't spoke about them in a while. I think that's a good thing. What they, how many games they won in a row? Five? Uh, you know, I, I'm happy with that. But as you said, Gordon, you know, um, I, I still take it a wait-and-see approach. Yeah. You know, the competition level is not, you know, something that you want to write home to the folks about. And, um, you know, like you said, there's certain bats that we need to get live that are still on alive. So, you know, it is what it is. You know? <laughs> and, and it doesn't really look like um, some of them are, you know, sometimes you can see a guy is struggling and he has been struggling, but you can see he's kind of close there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it doesn't really feel that way with Frazier. It doesn't really feel that way with Hicks. Um, yeah. It doesn't really feel that way, even with Glaber to a certain extent. Um you know, and, and, and to that's a big, a big extent, part of the Not lineup. a certain extent, to a, to a big extent. I mean, yeah, I mean well, yeah, I don't think that Torres. <laughs> yeah, well, Torres, I don't think, has been as bad as Frazier or Hicks. I mean, those two guys have just been absolutely anemic. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, he's not been. But, but, we, expect, but we expect more from him, though. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? That's absolutely We true. expect more from him. Absolutely. You know, true. so that's where that goes. Um, listen, um, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Billy Joe Saunders. Um, you know, we got a fight this weekend. You know, last. Uh, I told you a thousand times, you know, uh, Canelo Alvarez, for me, he's my pound-for-pound pound, um, best in the world. I, I mean, I like Terrence Bud Crawford, but he doesn't fight enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm from the old school. I like guys who fight every four months, uh, as Canelo does. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders was complaining he was going to pull the fight off <laughs> because the ring was 20 feet as opposed to 22 feet. Yeah, right. That has fourth-round um, 
right-hand cross knockout written all over it. So yep. <laughs> good luck to him. Maybe Buddha, first round every, since he's talking. They have that commercial where, like, it's it's the, the ad for the fight, and they have, like, the announcer underneath the video saying, can Billy Joe Saunders pull off the upset? And every time I hear the announcer say that, I'm in the room by myself. I go, no, no, he cannot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to happen. He actually, his name actually sounds more like a wrestler from the 80s. Yeah. a <laughs> box. <laughs> but anyway, listen, lad, I got to be honest with you. I'm so jealous of you. I mean, you too, Gordon, because I know you're a Knicks fan. I'm jealous of you guys in a good way. You know, I just hope that the Jets get to that point where you sit back and like, you know what? We expected this from the season, and we got twice that. And um, it, it's a direct derivative of, of the coach. You know, as we spoke before, lad, you and I both wanted um, this guy from the Nets. Uh, what's the guy's name? His name is slipping yep. me right now. Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, we both wanted him. We didn't like Tibbs, but, um, you know, Atkinson. But, you know, listen, you have to give Tibbs all the credit in the world, not only for, for um, tapping into like, actually making Julius Randle like a top 20 player in the league, mm-hmm. but, I mean, bringing in his guys, bringing in, you know, his system, I mean, and then also being able to look at certain guys like Kevin Knox and say, listen, you can't help me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, um, what it really shows is not only does coaching make a big difference, especially with a veteran coach, but, you know, there's a question that we need to ask. I don't think anybody's asking, like, wow, how bad of a coach was Fisdale, bro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the same yeah. team. This is the same yeah. team. It's true. I mean, whoo, that he gets along with the players and LeBron loves him and Wade loves him. Listen. At some point, you got to draw up those X and O's, and you got to motivate that locker room. And wow, I mean, you got the throw going on. I mean, I haven't seen him on ESPN in a while, but um, not a good look for him. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not at all. It really couldn't have been much worse, right? I mean, I, I talk about night and day, and, and when we talk about the coach, right? You're right. I mean, to give. Thibs credit for for all he's done, but it does not reflect well on the previous Listen, guy for sure. Nobody wants a brother, a black coach to do well more than me. But I got to call a spade a spade when I see it. No pun intended. I mean, Fisdale was a bad coach, and then also I have to be honest, you know, and I hate to, I don't want to go to the Jets because we're trying to be positive. Mm-hmm. But listen, man, Tom Bowles was a bad coach, man. <laughs> These guys were bad wow. coaches, man. I, mean, I wanted them to do well. He looked like Chuck Noll well. compared to the last guy. I mean, come on. <laughs> it, but, 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 but is that saying much, though? No, <laughs> I mean, on. no, of course not. But, I mean, you know, you, I mean, somewhere Todd Bowles had to be laughing his rear end off, thinking, you know what, you guys ran me out of town. Okay, go, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. Now you got this guy. Let's see how he does. And I'll tell you, the the – it will be a very long time until we find a, a coach in any sport that did a worse job than Adam Gase. I mean, every you know single week, they were embarrassing on every level. They were. They they weren't pre- – at least with Todd Bowles, they were prepared. Yeah. <laughs> they were prepared. Now, look, they, had, they, they had issues there. Yes, uh, they did. Especially in the fourth quarter, his defense gave up. Uh, yep. But – I mean, they did surprise to us. I mean, remember that one? I the five-win season. Right. I mean, yeah. and they were in some other games. They might have been able to pull those out. And it was clear that they were not 
I mean, the front office was not exactly supplying him with the best talent, and it seemed like on purpose. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to be able to win five games like that, the Jets, this past, the, the past regime, they went out and spent money on Livion Bell, on this guy, on that guy, and they won two games. Yeah. It, it's, and they it's weren't in that many. No. They, I mean, they were lucky to win two. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, he that that was the year that people thought they were going to be winless. Yeah, absolutely. That they were going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars of this year. They were going to be 0-16, and he gets five wins out of them. And people are like, huh? How did you get five wins? You know, right. so I it, mean, it was I, – I don't know where he finished, but, like, there was conversation like, does he belong in, like, coach of the year conversation <laughs> because of where the expectation was, even just winning the five games? Yeah, you know what his problem was? And it's funny because he – now he's got he's got a little better team around him, obviously. But it was so interesting, Gordon, because him, a lot like Rex Ryan mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter, you know, they love to blitz. Fourth quarter, they don't blitz. Okay. They don't want they don't want to be they want to play, they kind of play soft. You know what I mean? They kind of mm-hmm. play coverage. They're not as aggressive, and that's what burned them in a lot of games in the fourth quarter. When teams came back on them, he wouldn't blitz as he did earlier in the games. And, you know, that's what – and Rex was the same way. There was there was some games Rex was like, Rex, where's the blitz? You've been blitzing all game. Why why, why now are you playing coverage? What's going on? Yeah. And he had that same issue sometimes, Todd Bowles. Well, did. look, it's bad. just when you thought it was bad, it got <laughs> way worse. Hopefully – hope, I mean, look, it can't possibly be that bad again. No. If you're pleased for Jet oh fans, God. no, they can't do it. They, they, no. they can't go through that. They, they have done their punishment. They are due some, some, some sunny days. Because last year was a oh nightmare. God, that was a nightmare. I mean, from week one, from the yes. Bills game, where they it was like they didn't show up the entire game. The entire game they didn't show up. And you're I thinking know. to yourself, well, it can't get any worse than that. And then it kept getting worse every week. Every week. Every week. Every week. And and he was still off to the side. Why can't this offense Right, work? sitting on the bench, <laughs> drawing up a play. Drawing up a play. <laughs> Draw up SOS on the on the whiteboard. Boy, this sounds like good music to do a Jets read. Yeah. Now this is the Evil Empire music. You know, I didn't. I, I got it confused before because I yes. thought that was. I'm saying, wait a second, that's not the Evil. I'm not yes. the Star Wars buff that I was back. You know, like when I was a kid, I was a big Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. But I've not seen it in a while. So yes. And we've not introduced the kids to it yet. Oh. We've just made our way through all the Marvel movies. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And uh, the kids had some uh, definite thoughts on that. Like some of the Marvel superheroes, like it makes sense. Like yes. Iron Man makes sense. Mm-hmm. The guy shooting the arrows doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like when you're <laughs> you're going up against all powerful gods and stuff like that. <laughs> Thor, call on Thor. The guy shooting the arrows. The guy flying around with the wings yeah. doesn't make any sense for those guys. Yeah. They bring yeah. up good points. Yeah. You, you want somebody with a little more ammunition. Right. You need to be like, you need to be extra special. Like, what's Spider-Man going to do? Shoot some webs at the guy? It yeah. doesn't really make sense. No, you need Hulk in there. You need Hulk. Exactly. You need, you need some special people in there. <laughs> hey, Jets Nation, get back to live football this season at MetLife Stadium. Lock in your 2021 season tickets to see this year's draft class and your favorite Jet players all season long. You'll also secure the best prices and exclusive benefits, including free food, beverage, and merchandise credit. And be sure to circle your calendar for the Jets' 2021 schedule release on May 12th. For more, visit nyjets.com or call 1-800-469-JETS. Before I get back to the phones, Gordon, I, I got to ask you. I was wondering, now that the draft is over, 
Miami, you you okay? You're, Look, I know everybody, it seems like, every day is pointing out how the Dolphins did this and how they were amazing and on all these different things. <laughs> You're not uh, happy. I, I'm not happy, no. Uh, I, I looked at this. Why I am looked I not at, I, I looked at the opportunities, and I just think that uh, they did not get it right. You know, like, everybody's telling me the Dolphins did an amazing job, and I think to myself, okay, well, they got Jalen Waddle in the first round. He's really fast. But the entire draft, all I heard about was fast guys. The Jets mm-hmm. got Elijah Moore. He, he's really fast. The Jet, uh, the Giants got the, the, the kid, uh, Tony, who's, who's super fast. They're all these small, fast guys. And we mm-hmm. took ours at six. They took theirs way down the track. All right, well, that's, that's one guy. Maybe he's going to be great because he's with Tua. Mm-hmm. Then they get an, they, the one that really irked me was the pick of Jalen Phillips, uh, which was the, the later first-round pick because – well, it does seem like he's a pass rusher, right? That's yeah, he, an, he's the one you an, didn't want. Right, yeah, because he's got a long history of concussions. Mm. Like, that's the last – I mean, that's a huge – not all red flags are the same. That one is a legitimate big red flag, and it's yeah. like, well, that probably won't – yes, I'm sure that that's the last we'll ever hear of it. So, look, I hope I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I want to see a playoff win for the first time in 20 years. You know, it's been a long time since they won a playoff game. So I hope I'm 100% wrong. It's just I've been down this road before, and everybody praising them and telling them it did such a great job, and then I have to live with the results. And then all those same people, boy, your team really stinks. Yes, I know. I was the one saying it. <laughs> Bruce is in Fletching. Hey, Bruce, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys. Uh, before I talk about the Yankees, I need to make a comment about the incident with the Rangers. What the NHL has done right now is they forced the Rangers to go and initiate fight, fighting against Wilson or they look like wusses. Jumps. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's only really one guy in the Rangers who can fight at the moment, Brandon Smith. Um, and the um, cry to to fight a little bit, but I think he's hurt. The, the, I would not be surprised. The Rangers have a goon in a farm named Madison Gertson, who's a legitimate goon. And the, and the NHL can't say boo because they should have suspended this guy for the rest of the year. So if the Rangers don't fight, they're going to have to live that down for a long time. You're absolutely right, Bruce. And uh, listen, that was as bad a, a example of of play, quote unquote, that I've seen on the NHL for a while, and to have it not happen for him not to only do it to one person but two, just made it even more of the worst. It, it was it was just awful. It was awful. I I, I was waiting for um, a Gordon. I was Gordon and Bruce. I was waiting for the two goalies. I had a I had a Rick DiPietro flashback video coming <laughs> to my head. I was waiting for the two goalies to go out and start swinging. Well, it's almost like you know with the Astros. You know, if the league doesn't punish them. I mean, it, it, the fans are going to take it upon themselves to do all the things that they're doing in the stands. So it's going to be on the Rangers the next time. I don't know when they face them again. But, yeah, it's going to be on them. I mean, if you're not going to police it and it's your job to police these such such things, then who else is going to do it? We have yeah. to do it. And they, look, they might want to do it anyway because they want to get their pound of flesh. But now you, you've left them no choice. They can't take the high road now. No, no. They have no options. You've taken the option away from them. Mm-hmm. Doug is in Long Island. Hey, Doug, you're next on 98.7. Fellas, how are we doing? Hey, Doug. Uh, I want to talk Knicks, but one quick thing about the Mets and then the Rangers. It's Mason Geertsen. That's the guy who has to be called up for this game tomorrow night. Unacceptable 
and the Capitals tweeted out a picture of Tom Wilson with the words violence across it. The Mm. NHL is a scab organization and will never, ever, ever be taken serious by regular people when you let this stuff happen. Disgraceful what happened. They have to bring up Mason Gibson tomorrow night, and I'm telling you, that guy is one of the best players in the league. He's the best player on your team. Buchnevich, regardless of how good they are, those are your players. You've got to get their back. You've got to protect them tomorrow night. Unacceptable. It's a guy with a history. It's disgusting. You're right. Um, Absolutely One right. thing on the Mets, you know, people are, like, shocked about the firing of the hitting coach. Friday night when Strowman got taken out of the game, his injury news was broken by the owner. That tells you the owner's paying close attention. Mm-hmm. The owner made a call as soon as Strowman was taken out of the game and said something to somebody, like, why is he coming out after five minutes? And he was told he hurt his hamstring. He's a very successful man, paid a lot of money for the team, a lot for Lindor. He's not the most patient guy. A message was sent, in my opinion, last night. And the next guy's well off. But I really yeah. want to talk Knicks. I mean, I would have brought it up before. Like, Dave Fisdale is never going to coach again. And i got to <laughs> ask you guys. You guys, in the history of sports, I'm 55. I can never remember a coach coming in basically with the same team and having a turnaround like this. Because they brought in nobody major. They traded for Derrick Rose, brought in Taj Gibson, Merlin's Noel, and they drafted quickly and topping. And, I, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm just amazed at this. And this guy, no disrespect to the Phoenix coach and the Suns coach, the, uh, the Jazz coach, he has to win coach of the year. The Nets picked up the big three. The Knicks basically brought a coach in. And the Knicks are like six games behind the Nets. And, yeah. and that's a, unbelievable. The coach was the Knicks' big offseason acquisition. Mm-hmm. That was their big move, right? Like most times you bring in the coach and you bring in new players and everything else. That was the Knicks' big acquisition. No, you're, I, the only one you could compare it to, and it, look, it's different sports, so it's a little different, uh, would be Parcells because yeah, they were coming the off Jets. the 1-15 year. But the 1-15 year, and, Je- and Larry, you know this better than anyone, the 1-15 team had talent. It was just mm-hmm. that the coaching was so bad. You knew with Parcells coming in there they were going to be better. I don't think that anybody thought maybe 9-7 better, but you knew they were going to be better in a short period of time. I don't think anybody thought the Knicks were going to be significantly better this year. You thought they'd be more functional that over time, you know, maybe they could – you know, kind of play a little bit. But if you thought that they were going to get 30 wins, that was really being optimistic, and they've already exceeded that. No, you were delirious if you thought they would get yeah. 30 wins at the beginning of the season. You were just you – that's the way you were. Because you, no one could have seen no. Randall. That's no. the thing, right? Because no. Randall – I mean, he was an established player. I mean, he's been in the league five, six years or whatever it is. And to see the, the, the transformation that that guy has made in his game – Oh, that might be the most amazing thing of it all. Even more than Thibodeau being able to turn around the team, he was one of the most frustrating guys to watch. He was. And now he's just one of the most pleasurable guys to watch. And and his consistency that way. Like, he just didn't do it for a couple of games, Gordon. He's done it for the whole season. Maybe a bad game or here. here Yeah, everybody has a bad game. Everybody has them. But he's been consistently good. And when he does have a bad game, almost, I would say, every single time. The next game out, boom, big game. Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh, the other person that's really surprised some folks that Tom Thibodeau spoke to Stephen A. about was R.J. Barrett. And, Gordon, when we talk about uh, the people and, and the shooting percentage, 
what he's been able to do has mm-hmm. been just unbelievable. This guy couldn't – he had no jump shot at all last season. None. And look at him now. He's, he's, he's like, pretty good at three. He is. I, I remember people referring to his shot as broken. Yeah. He had a broken yeah. shot. That's right. He doesn't anymore. It's that time. Gordon loves this segment. Oh, we get some answers with Aaron. That's right. Yes. And we'll hear from some Mets, too, as well. It's baseball tonight on ESPN New York tonight. Freddie Fitzsimmons at the top of the hour. Hardesty and Damer until then. And let's head out to the stadium where tonight the Yankees put their hitting shoes on and welcome back (laughs) the Houston Astros. And Aaron Boone was asked, hey, did you expect the crowd to be as boisterous as they were this evening? It, it was it was intense. It it was. I mean, you could f- f- feel it when you walked out there. When I walked out, you know, you know, fifteen minutes before the game, uh, it got your attention certainly. Yeah, it did. And uh, you know, did did you hear the smile in his voice? Uh, there was a little smile. You could you could hear that. Yeah. <laughs> he enjoyed that that rowdy crowd tonight. He also had to enjoy the way Giancarlo Stanton's been hitting. Nice two-run home run to get the offense started. And of late, Skipper, the big fella's been hot. Yeah, I mean, you know what he's capable of. And, uh, you know, this is what we've seen kind of brewing from him, you know, going back the last couple of years. Just obviously hasn't been able to be out there enough. And I just love his love his. His mindset, um, his his preparation, his game plan, his process, and he's going out there and, and carrying that out and obviously, you know, finding results with it. Aaron, let's talk about the double play and your defense. The defense has been struggling a little bit in, in early, inconsistently this season. Uh, you guys played well tonight. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a great play. Uh, I thought he made a couple really good ones tonight, but that was – you know that's that's about as hard as one you're going to turn and for them to pull that off right there in that spot and then we turned another one later i believe in a big spot so um yeah it's really good to see that and playing that way on that side of the ball yeah it was and and Gordon, you you know listen this is uh you mentioned it earlier the yankee defense has been not up to snuff and for them to have a difficult double play the way they did tonight in the big spot was helpful yeah, and Glaber being involved, right? I mean, how yeah. much uh, how much talk was there early on in the season about Glaber can't do this and he can't do that? You'd think that you know <laughs> that he couldn't even feel the ball with the way things were going early on, but uh, that has kind of quieted down. So we'll see if uh, now the the Yankee defense can be far. Well, look, it has to be far sharper because the first couple of weeks it was pretty <laughs> ugly. It sure was. Skipper, did uh, tonight have a little more meaning than just a normal game in May? I don't know. Yeah, it probably felt, you know, for, you know, you have you have games every now and then in the regular season that that feel big and feel important. And obviously the crowd being as engaged as they were from the from the onset, um, you know, I'd be lying if I if I told you there wasn't an extra level of energy, you know, those those games that you have every now and then, whether it's when a good Boston team comes in or, um, you know, a good Houston team or Tampa, you know, when when there's just that energy that adds to you know the feel of the game, uh, you know, I'd be I'd be lying to you if I if I said that wasn't there a little elevated tonight. Now, Aaron, you're coming off the very successful series against Detroit. You've won nine of twelve coming in. 
Uh, tell me about this win streak. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, you know, we've. I feel like we've we've been playing a lot better on the defensive side. Tonight was a, a terrific defensive game. Um, you know, obviously the pitching's been there. The starting pitching's been been rock solid for us. The bullpen's been there all year, and now we're starting to see our guys really string together tough at bats. Even 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 though we weren't really able to break through there with with Granky after the first inning, you know, those are the kind of at bats where you know we make they make it difficult on you, and and we're able to get them out of there after four, and, and we're able to finally punch a few through there to to kind of secure the game, but. Um, I just like that the guys are really starting to grind out at bats in a, in a really strong fashion. So, Gordon, the special guest on Ask Aaron, Dusty Baker, joins us right here. And uh, he was asked about the atmosphere. Did you expect that coming into the stadium for the first time with fans? I mean, you know, nothing surprised me. You know, at least there wasn't any, any um, violence. I mean, you know, they can, they can say whatever they want. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> it sounded like a packed house tonight, even though it wasn't. And, uh, you know, we kind of accepted, I mean, we kind of expected that, uh, you know, reception. And so we'll probably get more of the same tomorrow and the next day. And the next day and the next day and whenever you guys come yeah. into the stadium. Yep. <laughs> That's the way it's going to be, Dusty. It, it's so funny, though. Like, there's so many people that are being asked questions about stuff that happened when they weren't here, right? Like, Aaron yeah. Boone wasn't the manager then. Dusty Baker, he, he's like, well, I got to put up with this now. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, he knew when he took the job, Gordon. Yes, Didn't no, that what we said? No, no. He yep. knew. Yep. <laughs> he knew. He knew. He did know. And the biggest, uh, you know, corporate, the fans love to shout out was Jose Altuve. Gordon, he's been struggling. He's hitting 247, the strikeout tonight, 0 of 4, and Dusty talks about his struggles. Well, that last ball, he hit a ton, you know, and, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, that was a rocket, so that's a positive. You got to find a positive, you know, out, you know, out every night. You know, the main thing is a hitter, you got to quit counting because uh, if you keep counting, it, it, it seems to mount. And, uh, you know, they were extremely hard on, on you know Altuve, uh, you know tonight the fans were that has nothing to do with it, but um, you know like he's he's exerting you know a lot of effort you know maybe too much effort All if right. there is such a thing. Yeah, it's Dusty Baker on uh, Jose Altuve. You listen, tough, 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 tough uh, for know. the poor guy. You know, really, yeah, you know, really feel well, bad. Well, maybe somebody needs to bang a drum or something. Let him know. <laughs> Trust <laughs> me, I wonder how many guys are trying to sneak in a small garbage can into the stands tonight, you know? You know that there was at least a guy or two. Oh, something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The Mets were rained out in St. Louis. They will have, guess what, a doubleheader tomorrow. Woo they, they love these doubleheaders. Seven innings, baby. Seven innings. Maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe Diaz will <laughs> not try to give up the game like he did over the weekend. Oh, Gordon, do you did you hear me screaming? Did you hear me screaming <laughs> when the ball something. went out of the park? I wasn't park? sure if it was you or not. Did you hear me screaming when the ball went out of the park down and in it Philly? Was a rocket. Oh. I mean, whoa, that was a shot, huh? Oh, what a dopey ballpark. So like lucky. like what a dopey thing to have. I know. Like shouldn't it be that where the wall is out? I thought that the fence was there to prevent fans from reaching over. That would exactly. make sense. Yes. Like if it hits the railing, it should be a home run. Anything below that green padding whatever, that should be where they review it. But that's the ground rules. That's the ground rules. I just thought it was a dopey way to um to set things up. 
I thank God for that dopey rule going. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> would have been a yeah, that would have been a disastrous oh, loss. Would have been. Oh, and you know they would have lost. It's not even the question. They wouldn't even gotten out of that inning. They the would have lost thing, it right there. As soon as the review came back, they couldn't get Diaz off the mound fast enough. I know they <laughs> said he had an injury or his back tightened up. Yeah, something tightened up. I bet it did. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't his legs because we hustled him <laughs> right out of there. His legs were going well. Yes. And and but so with with the fact that there was no there was a you know the rain out today and obviously Jacob Degrom was scratched before because of inflammation so you know he's going to have to lay off and and not throw for a couple of days so we'll see what happens with him but then once again front and center was the firing of hitting coach Chili Davis and assistant Tom Slater and Pete Alonso was reacting to Chili being fired so. I, I'm going to be completely honest. So I found out on Twitter while I was eating my post-game meal, and I talked to talked to Zach, our GM. It was a professional talk. Then uh, I gave Slate and Chill two big old hugs, and then I cried up my locker for a little bit. Uh, are you confused about the firing, Pete? It's confusing uh, for me, and and listen, like I, I respect everybody who who made that decision, but to me, it it just doesn't make sense right now. But I know that the guys coming up, guys coming in, they're great minds, they're they're great people, and I know that the people who are in charge in the office, I know that they're they want to win. Everybody wants to win, but I guess from a results standpoint, let's say two two and a half years, um, the results have been there, and. To me, it's a it it still doesn't make sense, and um, and I they're great guys, but I it's I'm more perplexed because of like the actual results um, that they've been able to provide for the team. Hugh Quattlebaum and Kevin Howard are the new hitting coach and assistant, respectively. And Francisco Lindor says, "I feel bad about the guys being fired." Chili can't really hit for me. That's all. That's all on me. Um, and if if I if I would have been hitting, um, has he still has a job? I, I don't know. I don't know. I have nothing to do with this decision. Um, but I, I, I do take a little bit of accountability um, in the sense of like, yeah, I, I, I want to be hitting. I, I, maybe if the, like, like he said, maybe if he, if we would have been hitting, if I would have been hitting a little bit more, uh, maybe he had a job. Um, I don't know. I, I have nothing to do with this decision. It breaks my heart, Mike. Um, that he's not here with us. Now, Gordon, I will say this. Obviously, they have every opportunity. They have every right to make changes if they if they want to. But to have your team find out on Twitter, I mean, yeah, Gordon, not, really, yeah, really, that's not that's not a good look. I mean, that's 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 you know that's the old regime. That's not supposed to be the new regime. That's what yeah, the old been, regime would yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, between the decision and how it kind of leaked out there, and, I mean, it's not uh, Willie Randolph traveling all the way to the West Coast at 3 in the morning, but uh, it's not good either. I mean, that's not the way that uh, you're supposed to handle things, and it does kind of seem like a panic move. I mean, there's no other way to describe it, right? I mean, 24 games into the season, and you're firing the hitting coach because the team can't score some runs on a consistent basis. There's no other way to just – I mean, does anybody think that that all of a sudden – even if you are a big believer that that Chile's approach and the old approach was just never going to work, even if you think that the new approach eventually is going to work, it's not something that's going to flip the switch. Mm-hmm. You're right. Now, if you did it after the DeGrom loss, it would be understandable. 
<laughs> right. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.